Hi, Minky. <laughs> What's going on? How are um, you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. You're it good. Sunday afternoon. Now that you finally secured some of my time to do this podcasting thing. Oh, I'm a hard one to... <laughs> a hard one. I don't even know what I'm trying no. to say. <laughs> You need like a key personal assistant. That I, I do. Like, I need a personal assistant. Do you need a personal assistant? Is that what you said? Oh uh, no, that you need one. Oh yeah, I could totally, um, totally use one in my life right now. It's a luxury item. I think we could all use them if we could get them, but <laughs> you know, yeah, they're expensive. They are, and I probably wouldn't have my personal assistant watch the movies for me that we review. Um, so you wouldn't. You know, you ideally you wouldn't do that, but but yeah, if that's push like, came to shove, you would <laughs> you would do that, right? Be like, give me the Cliff's notes. Yeah, um, yeah. I could totally see you doing that. No, that's the, it's the best part. It's like the part that I actually get to sit down and watch a movie <laughs> that I've been wanting to see. So I'm glad, glad I finally hunkered down and did it. It was a it was a. So I think at the last or the end of our last episode, we said we would either watch Overlord or Velvet Buzzsaw, and we decided to go with Overlord. Overlord. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds I, like a video game. It does sound In fact, like it. It plays. The the the, the storyline is it's like from a video game. So Jeff told me to Google Castle Wolfenstein, and I actually did not yet. <laughs> but as soon as it was over, he goes, "You need to Google Castle Wolfenstein," and he wow. goes, "He goes, it's just like this." And um, so I don't, I don't know anything about it. But he was a, you yeah. know, it's what was it, old computer game back in the day? Well, it's, it's they re sort of re remade the game recently mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. And they made like two different storylines. I mean, um, I see where it's coming from. Um, it's very, it's, it happens during World War II, so that's why it's thematically sort of, you know. Yeah. And they, I think they use the same font. For, oh, really? For the title. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That I don't even know what that font that that gothic heavy metal like. Yeah, it is like heavy. Overlord, metal. and it sounds like a video game. Yeah. You know? The um. You know, the movie itself, uh, at times, I was actually like, wait, was this a graphic novel? Like, it played to me, the movie felt like um, the movie version of a graphic novel, kind of like how 30 Days of Night mm-hmm. was. Um, and then the the ending credits. Did you st- stick through and watch the ending credits? Do you remember them? Oh, great. I did. I don't remember. It was like um, special. It kept flipping through different items. Like a little hand sword or like a grenade or whatever, and it was yeah. it was a different way to do credits. I you know, but it, again, it kind of felt like comic book. How did you How did you watch yours? Like, where, like what platform did you watch? Uh, it on? Google Play. Uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Hmm. What's the chance they have different cre- in credits? No, right? No, probably not. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. But so we watched Overlord, guys. Um. So if this is the moment where you're like, oh, I've been wanting to watch that, and I don't want them to spoil the movie and the ending you should probably have pause and go watch it um because we're going to be talking through the whole thing um hopefully in a more condensed form than we normally do i know our last few episodes have been getting um a little long so we'll try to breeze through it get to some of the good stuff and yeah do the thing um and and put in our two cents about it which you know i feel like it wasn't super in depth there wasn't like a but it there's some i think it was good i I texted Minky and I was like, so am I, because you watched it first. And I was like, um, so is it good or is it not good? And he goes, do you want me to tell you or do you want to just go find out? I know. Out? I was like, what? <laughs> I know. No. I just kind of wanted to be prepared. If I know. didn't want to prime your expectations. Yeah. No, it's good. And I still don't right. know your answer. I still don't know if you liked it or not. Right. So now's right. the time. So did you like it? You know, okay. So when I first saw the trailer, uh, you know, when the movie was released, I watched it and I had sort of my, it seemed a lot bigger than the movie looked bigger. Do you know what I mean? Like than it actually was. I was hmm. quite surprised to find that it was a smaller movie. What do you mean? Like, 
like with thematically and the way it was shot it's it's very slick looking film yeah it um, is totally yeah, right yeah, yeah. Very. i was very i mean it's it's nice i was very quite surprised by it and you know the theme of world war Two, and i i didn't want to read too much into it but i thought it was like a, they, they like stumbled into a zombie outbreak or whatever in like parts of germany mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and that's what i thought the movie was about and then mm-hmm. this small group of american are uh, you know troops are fighting off like a zombie horde that sure. hit. that's what and that so that's why i thought it was going in that there was going to be like a big war type movie with zombies instead of soldiers right but it wasn't yeah and so i was quite surprised and uh by that and i and i guess because of that unexpected i you know i i liked it it's, it wasn't great Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, but it's a very small budget. Not by the small budget. I'm sorry. It was actually. I was about budget. to say it was like a 38 yeah. million dollar budget. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> a very small, you know, film that was slick and um, I don't know. Um, um, it's smaller, you know, smaller than what I keep saying smaller. Yeah, I, don't, not, I still don't know what you mean by yeah, smaller, that's but not, that's not a bad thing. Like it wasn't right? like it like it wasn't really super deep. It was like action and uh, style. No, Is that what you're saying? No, meaning like oh. you know the sort of you know um, plot wise, there wasn't a lot of characters involved. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There, there wasn't these big set pieces. You know, of like, you know, that they, they're they were traveling the world. They're going different parts of Germany. No, it just all took place in a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I meant by small and that little, especially that in that little house. Even for uh, a while, I see what you're saying. House. So everything felt more constrained, uh, claustrophobic, and small, and mm-hmm. uh, a small story inside of a big um, story that was happening behind them. Right? Because we knew this is a World War Two. Right, like the backdrop. Is, mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Sure. Okay. I get it. Um, so yeah, so we should talk a little bit just, uh, quickly. So the movie, if for those of you who are uh, familiar with JJ Abrams, most of you are probably, I'm sure, but, uh, obviously behind one of the dudes behind Lost, that's kind of how I came to know him. And, yeah. you know, obviously so many TV shows from there that kind of all act as this kind of mysterious, you know, weird quality about it. And, you know, same guy behind the Cloverfield movies. Alias. Alias, yeah. Fringe, all those types Mm -hmm. of of sci-fi movies. But obviously he always likes making something different, right? Like he's, you know, um, whether it gets fully resolved and, and satisfies audiences or not, you know, I think there is something kind of cool about the things that he has his name on typically. So I am usually drawn to... To things that um, he's a part of. So he, um, with Bad Robot, which is the film and TV production company, um, you know, took on this movie. I think J.J. Abrams conceived of the concept. Um, and then he had this guy, Billy Ray, who's a screenwriter, director, uh, producer, I believe. He was the one that wrote the story. Um, and then there was a co-writer, Mark Smith, who came in to kind of like polish up the script. So Minky and I were like, I wonder what that means. Like how much did he really – was it just like a kind of a final edit or did he really kind of help, you know, construct change, the story? Yeah, like yeah, change some plot lines mm-hmm, that was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. wasn't working or whatever. Right, right. Mind, you know? Yep. And um, Billy Ray, uh, you know, one of the – I think the movies to note that he wrote the script or the screenplay for was Heart's War, right? So he has some experience writing World War II – um, films, although I don't think that Hearts Word did like super great. It was a Bruce Willis film. Yeah, although, um, I, you really didn't need that much World War Two knowledge to make this film. No, I mean yeah. this this movie yeah. the the first I'd say whatever twenty minutes or so feels like it could have come straight out of uh, like a an adjacent cousin to Saving Private Ryan or something like that. I mean it, it has all of the exact elements of you know you got your guys on a plane and they're, you know, the paratroopers and they're getting ready to, to be dropped somewhere in the middle of a war zone. And it's, you know, very intense and all of this. It's like, literally you've seen it before, but it's for me, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually really love war films. And, um, so they always stress me the fuck out. They always make me really sad regardless of how closely aligned to history or, you know, if it's totally historical fiction or if it's like straight up history, 
um, like Band of Brothers, you know what I mean? I love all of it. And so I was totally into this, the beginning of this movie. I guess what you're saying is right. Like you don't need to know. This doesn't go deep into history, but um, yeah. it's it's totally like a, a, a page taken out of any other kind of war film, yeah. right? You just have to know that that Nazis are bad. The basics, yeah. Yeah. But um and so anyway, there was a director by the name of Julius Avery who got pulled in to direct this film and I don't know much about him. I couldn't find a whole lot about him, but I know you watched one of his short films, right? One of his short films. Um he when he was you know, when he this movie came out, I just kinda of looked it up and I hadn't heard of them, so I just kind of went, you know, back to see what else he worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked on this, a short film called Yardbird. And it was, you know, and I, I tracked it down, watched it. And it was surprisingly, it's about seven, ten minutes, um, a, a good sort of like a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. um, that's really grounded visually um, as well. Um, and had a lot of, it has some things that, in the short film, which was released in 2012, uh-huh. I feel like Stranger Things borrowed. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so it, like, came hey, out after, it came out after Stranger Things? No, before. Oh, before. I see, borrowed. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So Julius Avery, he should be uh, making some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, I, you know, it's, it's always interesting. It's like, so who – if Julius Avery, you know, gets the credit or if it's the fact that they had a $38 million budget and Bad Robot was behind it, what Minky said is totally true. It was a beautiful film. Like the, the action sequences were really, I, I don't know if you share this opinion. I thought they were really good. Like the, like I said, the whole intro, if it's, if it's, if you like just, you know, like I said, action without a ton of yeah. substance and it's expected storylines, like, you know, again, you got your nervous Nellies on the plane. You got the ones who are totally like they got scars on their face. So they've already served, you know, in another, they've already served, uh, you know, in the war already um, at another post or whatever. What's up? No, I was just going to say, I knew they spent a lot of money when I was watching the film and they went to night scenes and the night scenes were like, crystal clear yeah, I, like, know. I was like those like, cameras are real good like lights <laughs> and all the people yeah. that have to be involved oh yeah you know, i was like oh, yeah. oh my god I like <laughs> like okay but so the um <laughs> money. so the intro scene is all on a plane and i i read a little bit about it because it's funny i was actually I, i've watched so deeply and like because we do this i'm always like oh i wonder if they had that plane on a rig like was that so it was they had a plane and it was on like a um like a like a large gimbal, if you will, and um, all the guys were on the plane, and so the plane was actually jolting them around at random, and so their performances were obviously like you know with with like re- and the real element of surprises. They got bounced around, and you know, of course, this is a scene where there's many planes in the air, and they're about to drop the paratroopers. It's, I think the day, but it's a day, it's the day before D Day, and this particular. Um, group of guys, their mission is to go and take down the radio tower uh, the day before D-Day so that the German soldiers can't talk between one another uh, from Normandy to wherever, I guess Berlin maybe. Um, so they're, they're being dropped in France into this little town in France. And th- this is their mission, like to take out this radio tower anyway. So they're all like, you're, you're starting to learn all the different characters and they're all like super stereotypical characters. Like I said, you got your like, Hey, you got your guy from Brooklyn. It was like cracking jokes up until the you know last minute. And it's like, you got your, um, you got your main actor who, um, I don't know. I don't know how to say his name. Is it Jovan? Jovan Adepo? Yes. Um, good. he is the he's essentially our lead and he is the, um, really nice guy. You know, he's, uh, obviously cautious about what's happening. And, uh, you know, I want, I want to make a, take a moment to say that again, in terms of historical accuracy, um, the, the people that put together this movie decided to take the opportunity to not feel like they needed to be tied exactly to, uh, history in that, segregation was obviously still happening in, in military and wartime. And there were actually no black paratroopers that saw combat in world war two. And there were certainly no mixed, um, uh, I believe what the data point was is that there were no mixed, I think paratrooper 
what was it called? Groups, troops. <laughs> um, and so they decided to cast by battalion. the character, huh? Is it battalion? Company or battalion? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there were no. Um, they, they were like, we're, they were like, we're gonna. Yeah, and I'm like this. These are not my. Even though I like these movies, I still don't know my my lingo very well. Sorry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they were like, we're gonna cast for the characters, which I love, and. Um, they weren't trying to make a point. They were like, we did not want, we weren't trying to make a point about race, we, but, um, and look, if you got a problem with the fact that it's not historically accurate, like don't watch it. <laughs> they were like, we, um, we got Jovan. Huh? Yeah, people quickly get it's not that it's not that it's not that type of, of movie, anyway. right? Yeah. And also, like to your point, there's an element of some kind of zombie coming later, so that's not historically accurate either. So it's almost like they've made this alternate universe, which is just to have a good time, and it's for I think what the actor said. It's it's like, look, this is about entertainment, so enjoy it, you know. And so I like that they were bold enough to do that. There were actually quite a few, at least in the intro, uh, uh, like a three or four black characters um, on the plane. One of which was the what is he like the lieutenant the, the, the sergeant he was the sergeant yeah. played by um what's that guy's name bokeem woodbine which i love yeah. so anyway it's you you get all the character build up and so you got your lead character as i just said and then you have the other guy who becomes quickly our our kind of secondary lead who is played by um kurt russell's son wyatt russell who was a former hockey player and he's been showing up in more movies um here and there he was in a, like a black mirror episode and um, which is interesting because this movie is a body horror movie. Later, we find out. And his dad obviously was in The Thing, which is one of the greatest kind of isolation body horrors that I still love so much. Uh, you're making a connection there? I am making a connection there, actually. Not, nothing related? But... <laughs> well, like you said, it's a very it takes place in a really small one location. And it's yeah. kind of this terrifying situation. And um yeah. And Ford, the, the character that Wyatt Russell plays, his name is Ford. And so he's the guy who um, he's really driven to uh, he's the veteran of make the them. Group. Yeah. And he's he's the veteran of yeah. the group, but he's all about the mission. And he's he's obviously trying yeah. to tell everybody, like, we got to do this. Yeah, because, yeah, he's the war heart military war hardened veteran yeah. who's been probably doing this a lot, something like this. Um, I think, you know, I think they said gone. like he, yeah, he had been like an explosive ec expert and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And he had done other missions. So yeah. it's not his first time. He's a and corporal. Our, the other guys are privates. Yeah. And our main character, he says he's two weeks ago, he was mowing his lawn. Exactly. Now, you know, so yeah, yeah. he began to show, okay, there's a, the conflict between the, the veteran, he's, you know, everything for the mission yeah. guy yeah. and, uh, and the other hero, the, the character hero who's, you know, like, he was the forced into this unassuming really yeah exactly yeah. yep and okay. wasn't even properly trained to be on this mission yeah but he's on this mission and yep. these two characters are completely on the opposite side of you know and they are they have to work together yeah yeah um, yeah and to fight evil you know yeah and i i was quite surprised that the shit you know doesn't hit the fan till like way later in the movie well, like I mean, one while, could say right? the first intro scene is so all about shit hitting the fan. That's what I say. And just to just to quickly like finish that off, but the scene, the the plane gets hit, fire, like it's just a really good scene. And then the, the our lead guy, um, what what is his name? Uh, Private first class Boyce. So the lead character, um, played by Jovan, like he falls from the plane, he gets pushed out of the plane, and that whole scene when he's falling from the sky, it was so good. I was like, this is freaking awesome looking. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, to me, it's like there's a whole other kind of shit hitting but, the fan, right? No, was, okay, let me, I guess, but the let story, me I know what, what you're saying. By. Yeah, yes. like, we know it's a It's like halfway movie. through. Yeah. Yeah. And the I horror, texted you, I go, I still have no idea what the hell is going on. Right, the yeah. outside the horror of war, but, like, yes. the actual horror yeah. doesn't hit right. until like, the middle of the movie. You're right. Yeah. So let's glaze through the beginning, right? So the first half of it really is setting the whole situation up. And again, there's no surprises here. Paratroopers, almost all of them die, right? There's a couple like really amazing shots where there's, which happened in real life, the paratroopers that kind of died as they were falling and they were hung up in the trees and stuff. Hey, you got something going on back there, Minky? <laughs> um the streets so, of New York, man. Essentially, the streets there's, are talking. The streets are talking. <laughs> streets are talking. The streets are talking. <laughs> Should be real over there. Um, so essentially, there's very few few survivors. It's Ford, it's um, Boyce, and it's like three other dudes. 
So they're all trying to get to this little village. They're walking through the woods. We find our first main, uh, other main character is different from the soldiers. And it's a woman by the name of Chloe. She's a French woman. She's obviously like terrified. And they're like, get us to the town that we need to get to, which they find out, of course, is exactly where uh, she lives. So she's going to take them to this town. And she's she's obviously not like super welcoming at first, but there's there's a trust that's built over the course of the movie to the point where they really are helping her. Um, and so they become friends once they trust each other. But she brings them back to the her house. You immediately do see something is fishy because you hear some like coughing and some bullshit going on. And she's like, my aunt is sick. So yeah. – to Minky's point, we we see only like one little hint of some nasty shit going on because we see a we see like a brief little shot of the ant and she's covered in horrible boils and like nastiness and she looks like, like some sort of like zombie a monster. Yeah, totally. Almost. Yeah, but they don't answer that question for like another forty five minutes. <laughs> so um, she's got a little brother, which is important to the story. He's a really cute little boy. And, of course, like I said, they're all French. There's a ton of German soldiers that are in this little tiny itty-bitty community, little tiny community. And uh, these, like, four or five soldiers that make it are hiding out in her attic. Um, and so, you're again, like what Minky was saying is almost most of the movie takes place here and then in one other location. And so the gist of it is they're trying to hide. There's, uh, I guess, the... I, what do you want to call them? Like the captain of the German soldiers that are in the little community here is obviously like an asshole and hate to say it, but of course we find out he's been raping Chloe to kind of keep her like, he's like, I'll keep your family safe, but I, you know, I'm going to rape you again. Yeah. So that's happening. And, um, well, yeah, and it's, there's, a, there's a, basically the radio tower, which is not far from this little town. Right. And the base is, and then the, and they, and that, military base in the radio tower is Close using by. this yeah, small town as a resource for um, people and food and whatever right. it is. And, yeah. and in turn, they are, they, uh, they guard, they, uh, they, they patrol around this little small town that right. they've landed into. And we and, see them like killing some of the neighbors for no reason, presumably no reason. Like they're just pulling people out mm -hmm. in the middle so that neighbors can see this happening. They shoot one woman in the head. And, you know, this this is obviously this actually happened in France um, when the Germans invaded France. So, you know, we're trying to they're trying to get a little bit of historical accuracy here. Um, but everyone's living in fear. And so these uh, American soldiers are upstairs. And at some point, the the horrible German soldier tries to come in and he's. Um, basically raping her before uh, our hero of the story, Jovan Adepo's character, like he just can't. So he puts a gun to the back of the German soldier's head. And this is when obviously the two worlds collide. This and scene was so reminiscent of Inglorious Bastards beginning scene. Yeah, you're right. Except the soldiers were on the, they're, uh, in the attic and not underground. Yeah. And, and they, they try to create tension between the two. But obviously the, the writer of this is quentin tarantino yeah so yep, it yep. doesn't really quite play that way yeah but it was so it mirrored that scene right you know yeah. so it's not long before they tie up this german soldier up in the attic which is a little crazy because like these other like his other people are outside this whole time is like at some point like halfway through the movie i'm like how have these other german guys not come in and found him up here like tied up yet but whatever so um basically where we're at now is the the group is disseminating to head over and try to find out and do this, you know, do get to the radio tower. And so Boyce, um, he's the one to try to head, head over that way. I think they break up like in two pairs or something. It doesn't matter. But Boyce basically, um, he winds up, uh, Witnessing. He, yeah. he witnesses some weird shit. Yeah. It's again, you see these bubbled, boiled bodies, uh, being carried by German soldiers out to kind of the outside area and they start burning them with um what are those things like tanks of flamethrowers like flamethrowers <laughs> yeah so they start like burning bodies and he's like oh that's weird um and of course he's the one that saw this bubble boiled ant in the other house so it's like he knows you know he's like putting some things together yeah we're, it's you, clearly you can tell they're doing like ex experiments. experiments right, right? exactly and, you know and, yeah. and it's like what, what type of experiments you right. know, what you're doing. yeah so There's... basically he, he he's forced into jumping into a moving truck because a dog's chasing him and it's it's full of like bodies that have been bitten and 
Just like, dead bodies. They're just dead bodies. They're right? just dead bodies, though. Um, they're not like experimented. Yeah, they're like just the casualties of war. I guess bodies. that's probably right. Yeah. yeah, and so he basically gets inside and underground of what what I assume and am led to believe is the bottom of this church, which is where the radio tower has been built within, right? Yep. Yep. So he gets underground and um, cutting to the chase, it is this, it's totally like a... He's running into rooms. He's like, Halloween yeah. of horrors, right? It's just like nasty laboratory experiments and it's almost like hostile, you know, like when you're underground and hostile and you see all the different rooms with all the people like torturing different people yeah. in different ways. It's yeah. like that. It's, every single room has something else happening. You're kind of like, what the fuck? Like at some point you see a head, you hear a woman and she keeps saying like, this is my favorite part. She goes, see, we'll play, see, we'll play. And you're like, oh, favorite part of the movie. where's this French woman? And he uncovers this thing and it's this woman's head. And her is, what? Like her larynx or her esophagus or whatever, just hanging out. It was just her head and her vertebrae. Vertebrae, that's what it was. (laughs) And she's like still talking. She's still talking. So it's totally like a reanimator scene or something, right? Right. No, that's I want to bring that up because this is basically in in this point, and you realize, oh, this is not a zombie movie. Yeah. This is like the well, I guess you can technically call it that, but it's like reanimator, right? Like we're trying to create soldiers, you know, uh, who are like invincible. Yeah. By, by you know, bullets. They're trying they're testing out the serum. They haven't perfect gotten it perfect yet. Right. And so yeah. um like cutting to the chase, yes, that's exactly right. And it but it just takes a while to kind of figure it out. And you see like these weird, huge, um, zipped up bags hanging from the ceiling, which you are only then f- to find out that there's like these humans in these bags that and there's like drips kind of coming from it, you know, like an IV almost. There's like pipes coming in and tubes coming out and um what we find out is that they have humans being the filter to uh pump this weird kind of liquid this ancient liquid that's growing underground just or like flowing underground just under this tiny little town that we've told you about uh that the germans have found and from some scientist brain they were like let's pump this through these humans in these bags and then what happens is these humans kind of filter this fluid that then allows them to excrete this serum which they're capturing in all these like beakers and jars and the serum then is injected in humans which have been these bodies that we're talking about that were all these like dead bodies casualties of war they're injecting into these dead bodies and reanimating these humans um, and what we find across time is that there's like, there's one section of this underground place with these rooms that are completely shut off. Um, and there's like these beasts in there, you know, and then you find other rooms where there's bodies kind of in like a, like a morgue, you know, and it, there's just, there's so much random shit going on and it's just kind of fun. They built this whole like crazy ass laboratory underground. And it's just, like I said, it's like a lab of horrors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, our, our guy Boyce, he's seeing all of this firsthand and he winds up, um, again, long story short, he grabs one of these serum, uh, what do you call it? Syringes, a syringe full of serum. He takes one. As a, he yeah. takes one and he gets back to the, the village and he goes back to the attic. And again, the German soldier, as we said before, is like tied up. So everybody meets back here. And he's like, there's some terrible shit going down. You know, like, I don't know what's going on. But so they expected the German soldier to explain it. And it's he's not he's not coming forward with the details to the point where Ford, our uh, Kurt Russell's son, (laughs) um, veteran of war, he just starts beating the living shit out of this guy. Like he's had it. It's like he loses it. And of course, our hero doesn't really want to participate. We obviously understand that the tensions have gotten to a point where he just really he just goes crazy and beats the living crap out of him well everything kind of turns to a point where the guy the german soldier which was wasn't that scene so annoying when um i think he was left with just like one of those soldiers to watch out for him but he's pretending to like fall down on the ground and be out of it and then he like grabs the guy's gun and well, because you knew what was coming. I know. It's just it was, annoying. It was so expected. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. And this like lovable guy, the photographer. Yeah. Is the one task to bring him down, which yeah. was like, then you knew you're like. Oh, you're this is going to not go well. Typical horror trope, right? It's yeah, like, oh, exactly. This, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And he's probably going to overpower him somehow. So he does. And he shoots one of the American soldiers and kills him. And um, so the tables have turned and everybody else runs up inside. And the one of the American, this guy dies. The German soldier, they they do like capacitate him again, or what, what am I trying to say? Like they do like get him again. And um, for whatever reason, Boyce, not knowing what the serum really, really does, <laughs> he decides to shoot it into their friend that just got shot and bring him back to life, which it does happen, unsurprisingly. And um, at first he like sits right up, he wakes up, he goes, wow, and he's got this huge gaping bullet hole in his chest, right? And he's like, it doesn't even hurt. He's like sticking his finger in it. And all of a sudden he's like totally fine until he's not. (laughs) Yeah, we see sort of what we all, once we see what they're doing, the next thing we want to see is like, what does this do? And then we get to see what it does. Yeah. it brings, I don't, it, it brings back them back to life. They don't feel any pain, none, or anything. But to, but I don't know. That, and then they like distort their body, they break their own bones too. Remember that? Yeah, and, that, become, and that's why I was saying it's like total body really horror. Strong. Yeah, they're like super yeah. strong, and they uh, become monsters. Now, apparently, though, the serum does act differently depending on the state of the body. Whether you inject it into the dead body or you inject well, it into a yeah. alive one, so we well, and so we find out like they hadn't they yeah. hadn't injected it into a live body yet. They had yeah. only been doing dead bodies, which this guy was dead. But they all obviously turn hostile, and we find out it's because what the scientist is saying is like it's still unstable. They haven't like really yeah. really figured it out yet, which is yeah, why yeah. they're they're testing it. Yep. So this guy goes crazy. Like he gets complete. Like he goes from being oh I'm alive again to like totally monster, and uh, aggressive. And aggressive. Yeah. Way to put him down. Yeah, and right, and the see. only way that they can stop him because they sh- they're shooting him, nothing's working. Is uh, Boyce again our our like unlikely hero or whatever our underdog kind of guy, who we we hear earlier in the movie couldn't kill a mouse that was like in the barracks earlier. He, this is when he flips his switch and he pulverizes this guy's head in order to kill him, right? And I think everybody's kind of like, whoa, he's, he's capable of something we didn't know he was capable of. So this was his. As, as giving his friend mercy, right? Like putting him out of his misery almost. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I think he just, I think this was the moment where it's like, okay, he's, he's capable of. Mm-hmm. doing some shit but yeah we i also skipped over it it probably doesn't matter but he did find his actual friend friend in the basement of the laboratory and he was all hooked up and being pumped with that liquid and he did rescue him so he brought that guy back which i was like totally implausible that the two of them would have been able to get back to the camp but it doesn't matter um so he did save one of the guys um that we see on the airplane when they're you know jumping out of the plane earlier but in any case um so deadline's coming, right? Like time's running out. Ford's like, it's oh three hundred hours. We've got like two two hours left before the radio tower has to be taken out. So we've got to destroy this radio. Thousands of men's lives are depending on us, for, right. like, like doing this mission, right? Completing and, this mission. Yep. And we but will, yeah, we have to but everything gets fucked up because the German soldier flies out of the house and like gets away from them, but grabs the woman's younger brother that I said was kind of a crucial part of the story um, because this screws out all the plans up, right? And so now you're you're at tasked with the moral dilemma. Do you go try to save this little boy or do you go complete the mission? So they kind of have a little kerfuffle together and they all wind up agreeing like, well, when we all survive, if we survive, wouldn't it be sweeter to know that we save this girl's little brother? So well, total other trope, right? Main character has the you know, has he has developed feelings, feelings for, for her, right? Yeah. So he wants to yeah. do right for her. And right. one of the one of the soldiers in the car- uh, in the troop, who like the little boy clings to, they become sort of even though he like Brooklyn shows, guy, he does, yeah, he's uh, like the Brooklyn uh, guy, yeah. He's like get away from me or whatever. Yeah. And, and now he uh, loves him. Yeah, they are attached. He yeah. also agrees. I think we need to go. Yeah, he know, does save him. So so so, and and in this, they're like, look. Um, so Boyce is like, we have to blow up this laboratory. It's bad shit. And, and so he's like, but we really have to blow up the radio tower. He's like, well, it's just underground. So let's just figure out a way to do it all. Right. So anyway, uh, Ford is convinced he's like, fine, we'll do it. So they all head out. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie because we didn't know what their plan was. 
So we were seeing it as it was happening, but they clearly had kind of devised however they were going to start taking out the soldiers that were protecting the front of the laboratory building that's under the ground of the church and how they kind of um, did everything. So this was fun for me. They got one of the German soldiers. They, they tricked him by having him. They used the girl as a, what do you want to call it? Like a decoy or Maybe. like a bait. Yeah. And so they wound up capturing one of the German soldiers and he's driving up on his little like, uh, whatever you want to call it, like a four-wheeler up to the gates of this building. And so they're going to let him in because it's this guy who's always driving in and out of this place. And as he gets closer, you see he's got duct tape on his mouth and he's screaming. And they they put him in through the gate. And so he's, he's trying to scream. He's right? trying to scream, right? Like, <laughs> and they rip the tape off his mouth and with the duct tape pulls out the peg from a and grenade that's in his, his mouth. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. So uh, that blows up. And there was also, I think, um, some dynamite like inside of his four-wheeler too. So the whole thing gets blown up and most of the guys get taken out. But whoever was not taken out, you got two of the American soldiers up in a up on the hill um, with like their guns and they're taking out all the rest of the guys that are running outside or still alive. So they have now yeah. secured the front of the building. Um, so they all get in. And now it's a matter of like the team kind of breaks up. You've got the uh, Chloe who's desperately looking for her little brother. And then you've got like Ford who's kind of, again, he's still really about the mission. mission. Right. So they start deciding to lay down C4 all throughout the building so that the whole entire building, including the radio tower, will get blown up. Um, And again, the German soldier who got away – while he was running away with the little boy, he got shot in the face by Ford. So his face was like nearly blown off to no, the point where Chloe shot the, him. Huh? Chloe shot him. Oh, Chloe did? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. My she bad. gets angry and she's like, ah. Shoots at him yeah. while he's leaving. Mm-hmm. So um, so basically when he gets to the laboratory, the scientist is standing in front of him and he takes two of the serum syringes and he sticks it in his knee. And so what Minky was saying earlier, this is when the scientist was like, but we've never tried it on a living person. Don't do it. We don't know if it's it's not stable enough. And so he creates – and this is why I was like, is this why it's called Overlord? Like is he the personification of what that means, you know, because he then becomes a super duper yeah. asshole, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like literally he this pit bo- like villain. the he yeah, super he, villain. We knew that he was a villain, but we didn't know he's... that he was a main villain, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And now it's like, okay, yeah. he's the main villain. He's gonna yeah. go hunt down Ford and Boyce. He's gonna kill and Chloe too. Right. You know? He even like the way that the camera uh like the I don't know if it was like the camera angles or what, but all of a sudden he looked bigger. It was kind of like um mm. I don't know. He just – he looked bigger. He seemed bigger. His face was kind of like what's his butt on – Yeah, it was very grotesque. Like two face, right? Like mm-hmm. half of his face is blown off. He's got teeth skeleton, hanging out of his – Skeleton. Yeah, exactly. Um, so meat, yeah. So you've got this supervillain running around. You've got uh, these folks trying to navigate their way down this, you know, bad area where at one point you've got Chloe having to fight off one of these – zombies, if you will, that gets accidentally let out of one of its kind of cells. Um, And this is actually the only time where I think one of them really has to fight one of these zombie things off. And she winds up running outside and getting the, a fire, the flamethrower is like a Ripley from aliens kind of scene. Um, I did read that they removed a lot of scenes from right now. There was apparently a ton of fight scenes between the American soldiers fighting off all the zombies in various different ways. Um, And so I don't know why, I guess they just thought it was filler that maybe they didn't need, but I read about all the different scenes. There was like different ways that they were taking them out and trying to figure out how to kill them. And at one point somebody gets a hold of a sword and chops one of its heads off, but um, all that came out. So without it, it's still hour and 50 minutes. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so basically cutting to the, cutting to the chase, we've got Ford who ends up in the same room with the supervillain. And the supervillain remembers when Ford was beating the living shit out of him when he was tied up. So it's like the roles reversed. He winds up literally hanging from a meat hook. Uh, the poor guy through his like sternum, <laughs> and he starts beating the shit out of him, much like he was doing to him back in the That's day. A big battle, right? It's a big battle, it's right? A lot, and yeah. and um, 
It's not until Boyce comes in to try to save the day. He distracts the supervillain guy. Ford, disgustingly, sadly, has to pull himself off this meat hook. And I already knew it was coming. I fucking knew it was coming. It was a total, like, Eben move from 30 Days of Night where he decides to kind of self-sacrifice and take the serum and stick it in his own body so that he can become on the same level with the supervillain. So Boyce winds up trying really hard to get Ford um, to come with him, but he's like, I got to finish this. So they do – there's a bunch of shenanigans. They, they wind up getting the supervillain to fall down this pit where he gets even more destroyed and stuff and crazy looking. Um, and then more of the zombie people kind of get out of these little uh, – they, they were like, I think, shut up in that kind of morgue – what do you call them? Like the drawers – you know, anyway, they were all coming out. So it was like the shit was about to hit the fan majorly. And Ford does this again, the final self-sacrificing moment where he pushes Boyce outside of a gate kind of thing um, and locks it and throws the key away. And Boyce is like, come on, man, like you got to come. And as they're talking and saying their goodbyes almost, it's like uh, his eyes are turning bloody red. Like he's becoming a supervillain, right? So he's like, look, we got to finish the job. And he goes, I didn't finish putting all the C4 throughout. But all of a sudden he like holds up a big chunk of C4 and he's got it in his hand like, okay, this is it. Like I'm going to – you need to get the fuck out of here. Like go save yourself and I'm going to do this. And I I always knew I wasn't getting out. So anyway, he blows the whole um, room up that he's in with all these other zombie dudes and then the supervillain German dude. And um, Boyce is running out and he's trying to like – you know, put the last bits of C4 kind of throughout and all of a sudden just everything starts blowing up. So it's again, it's another action sequence of him trying to get out before all the rubble and the, you know, fire and brimstone takes him away. Um, And I should have said too, Chloe did rescue her brother. They got out of like a little shaft at one point. Um, And yeah, so the whole thing starts coming, coming down, crashing down. And uh, I think Boyce has to take on the scientist at one point. I think the scientist finally, like this old guy, like we all knew he wasn't going to do him. But um, Boyce kills the scientist, gets away. And yeah, the whole thing kind of falls apart. And um, you've got the Brooklyn dude and then the, um, uh, the other guy that he had rescued earlier from the same laboratory. They're all still alive. So they, uh, so they had head back to the little French town. Boyce gets to come back with, you know, dust and soot all over him, and they're all excited. And the little boy gets really excited when he sees that he's still alive too. And well, of course, they succeed. The mission is uh, the mission you know, succeeds. Succeeds, and then the Americans get are able to get on land. They come back and they, you know, question Boyce like, "Hey, we heard some rumors that they were doing some." You something underground experiment and yeah. boys goes no i don't know anything about that yeah he goes and, is there any reason for us to go digging under uh, all that mess yeah and boys is like nope not at all so yeah, and, and there was a moment where ford actually said to him right before he blew himself up he goes i ha- we have to blow this entire thing up so that no side has their hands on this terrible stuff that's going on down here like this is going to be bad no matter who yeah. has their hands on it so yeah so basically um you know after he says that to the commanding officer in the tent they get their new um, duties or whatever. Like they're, they're, they find out where they're headed next. And the one guy makes a joke like, damn, after all this, you'd think they'd send our asses home. And he's like, war's not over yet, you know, or whatever he said. So <laughs> now it's like Boyce is – now Boyce is going to be like the new Ford, right? Like now he's a veteran soldier that has seen some shit and he's, you know, come out alive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and it was – so it was a pleasant ending I suppose and that was – that was it, right? Yeah, Nothing no, happened I, after that. I, I yeah, I thought maybe that possibly there could be something in the credits or whatever, but clearly there wasn't. Um, no, yeah, no. and it's it was just a short movie. Um, again, like I said, it was small. Um, uh, the, they had one mission, you know. Um, to like go I said, it was like Saving Private Ryan, up. right? Yeah. Like yeah. Well, it, but yeah, yeah, but Saving Private Ryan felt big, right? Like they went all over. Right, like. right, right. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I did too. I enjoyed and, it. Um, and you know me with my nice. visual effects. They did. They did. They tried as much as they could to use practical effects over CGI in nearly every scene, and it totally, I think, helped. 
Um, they had a lot of stunt actors doing a lot of crazy ass stunts. Um, the makeup was great. I thought the mm -hmm. just to me the polish on. I mean, obviously they had a slick. huge budget, yeah. but it looked good. I yeah. saw a couple times they had the um, the J.J. Abrams look with the lens flare popped up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, there's a signature look. Um, so you know, put his little stamp on it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had that slickness to it. And and you know, I often while I'm watching movies that we deem horror movies. And it often comes up a lot, right? Like when there's something that feels more like a thriller or whatever. You know, this is almost like a sci-fi horror in some ways, you know. And um, it kind of bounces between, the, you know, the fact that it's really like a war drama at times. And then it's, you know, in this other kind of realm of horror. But in any case, it um, I was asking myself, I'm like, damn, I'm like 45 minutes in. And there's still not really an element of horror necessarily. But you know, the gore factor is out of control, especially like the head, you know, sitting on a stick talking and, you know, I the, like, that was brief moment though. Yeah. But there was a lot yeah. of those things, right? Like the, the, or the one zombie guy that comes out and Chloe has to fight. He's disgusting. Yeah. A couple then, typical jump scares, you know, when he's looking down the, in the little peephole to see what's right, in that room. And the face comes up right in front of him. And I was like, them. what the hell is that room? Are the gun hole? Like what? The... Like, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. They were like barricaded in these rooms because they were so dangerous, right? Um, but yeah, they had doors, and then but the, the but then they would like look in this hole that's on the other side of the door, like right. Further, I'm like, what's that little? Hole? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, and so it's gotten. You know, I think you're. It sounds like you and I both enjoyed it, and the the reviews I think reflect that. It's got it's got like an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and. I think it, it gets generally very positive reviews um, for all the same reasons that we kind of talked about. Um, yeah. Some people some people were like, oh, it's boring. It was kind of a letdown. The horror didn't really start until halfway through. But like I said, if you at all like action sequences and, you know, kind of ridiculous. Yeah, if, you're going, if you're going in looking for some, something and having different type of expectation and mm -hmm. it doesn't meet that, then I can understand why you may not like it. Yeah. But, you know, if you go in and you like just want to be entertained, right? Mm -hmm. And just go in and just like, I want to watch some action horror movie. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be quietly entertained, even after listening to us tell you just sort of the plot of the movie. I think you would quite yeah, enjoy, enjoy the it. movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. And the only, the only thing I'd say that um, might be lacking, and again, I don't even know if it's lacking. It, it it begs the question of how much do you have to explain something versus like suspending any kind of need for knowledge. But it's the serum thing. Like they really don't talk about what the hell this liquid is under this town in France. And so there's no like origin story at all about the serum or why anybody would think to filter it through human bodies to then make the, that body excrete a um, the serum mm -hmm. itself, right? Like know. the liquid underground is what's pumped through humans. <laughs> I don't um, even think that they even name it. There's no even, do they? Yeah. And, and the only, the so. only thing you hear yeah. is um, when the supervillain is, I don't know if it's before or after it becomes a supervillain, but he does say something. He goes, a, what did he say? A thousand year Reich needs a thousand year soldier. Is that what he says? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. It, it was like one of the lines in the movie that sounded most quotable, but it was like a thousand year Reich like deserves a thousand year soldier or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, like, but, but they don't explain how anybody would be like, let's take this liquid and put it through a body and whatever's excreted, then we inject it into humans. <laughs> like there's I like, no I like that the fact that they didn't explain it. It didn't need sure. to. Right? Okay, so yeah, so that's what I'm asking. Like, did they need to explain it or did? No, and they you don't, know, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so um, but I I really actually it was it was a fun little ride and um it was it was nice that it ended well and like I said I th I thought that the casting was I thought the casting was really great. Like I said, they they definitely got those stereotypical dudes that are together in a battalion who don't get along at the beginning and then you know they're all trying to save each other's butts in the end um and it yeah. was a little it was a little like expected of course like the the younger beautiful female that's in distress and needs help and you know 
It's I think it's it's, it's a B movie with a, a big budget. Yeah, you know? totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, that's yep. basically what it was. The poster. We should have said, have you seen the the poster? It's like the blood droplets to look like the paratroopers yeah. uh, parachutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind that's of fun. Funny. But you can't you can't tell that until you get really up close to it. Yeah. You know? I that's for me, I didn't realize that until I got really like zoomed in on the uh, on the poster. I was like, oh, oh the really? blood drop. Yeah. Like it was a really tiny small one. Whatever, my yeah, yeah. Computer. But anyway, so um, what are we going to watch next? I don't know. I think, do you want to pick? It could be Us. I mean, I definitely want to watch Us. Yeah. So why don't we do Us? I'll just have to try my hardest to get to the movie theater. It's been a, it's been a struggle to get some time think, in. I but... think do us. us. I, yeah. think that's a, I think that's a, a big movie that's being anticipated by a lot mm-hmm. of people. Even oh, yeah, big time. Like, like, whoa, this is Jordan Peele's second horror film. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, All let's right. do that. Okay. Was, yeah. We're going to be like, this sucks. <laughs> no way. I think it's going to be good. Yeah? All right. Although, I feel like I feel like they've shown way too much in the previews. I only, I stayed away from it. I watched once, <sighs> and I stayed away from it. I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. I'm in. I don't need yeah. to watch anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I had the choice. Like I saw it when I saw the Oscar nominated shorts. It was like the whole preview was so long. It even had more in it than I'd seen before. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so it's like in the movie yeah. theater scene. Oh, yeah. Interesting. The billboard. I actually took a photo of it on Times Square and I wanted to send it to you. I completely forgot. It's still on my phone. It's oh, yeah? massive. Yeah. It like wraps around um, a building. It's, uh, it's huge. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I guess this is it. Yeah. Cool. You want Until to next the, time? Uh, you want to do the uh, social media and all of that part? Yeah. <laughs> like even though I feel like do. <laughs> I feel like um, I haven't really we haven't really been so great about putting stuff up there, but um, perhaps this is a nudge for ourselves to do so. But yes, follow <laughs> us at One Final Scare. We are on the social meds, and then. Um, it's been quiet. We haven't asked for you guys to email us in a while, but feel free to email us at onefinalscare at gmail.com. Give us uh, your thoughts about this movie uh, or any other horror movie <laughs> at all. Um, and if you ever want to give us a recommendation, we are taking recommendations at any given time. We've taking had a couple people. Like a yeah, we take requests. Wedding DJ. We- We're taking requests. Yeah, we take requests. We're not the jerk DJ that doesn't take requests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because it's a I don't really think he's a jerk but we have a friend who's a DJ who doesn't take requests and it always cracks me up um, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> making that connection. yeah it's so funny to me. Uh, like literally I remember we had found reviews online it was like who's this guy think he is not taking requests <laughs> like <laughs> I was My like God. dude fucking become your own DJ dude Anyway, so we're out and go enjoy the movie, uh, Overlord. It was fun. So, yeah. or don't, you know, it's cool. It's up to you. No, do. <laughs> do. What? Okay, do. Favorite. Yeah, do. All right, fine. Do. Do it. All right, All right this is Tracy. All right, thank you. All right, bye, y'all. Bye.